welcome to It Is Complicated, the podcast where we answer every single question with It Is Complicated, including the title of the podcast, which is It Is Complicated. Hello, Dr. J. Hi, Josephine. Okay. Tell us who you are, Dr. J. Oh, God. I'm just a pool of exhaustion and anxiety. So, hey, I'm Dr. J. Uh, I gave myself the job title, Harbinger of Change. I work at ThoughtWorks, who are a bespoke software consultancy, who actually celebrate having non-binary people on their staff, who, when we tweet about stuff, will basically just shout back and go, we love having you and the work that you do, which is amazing. And every workplace should be like that. I also got to give myself the gender transgressive non-binary gender queer thank you New Zealand I got to write a statutory declaration and get an x on my passport and that is absolutely brilliant and I can't think of anything better what else am I I'm a troublemaker and a hashtag queer nuisance because branding so who are you Josephine I am a independent scholar activist and artist I have on occasion made a spectacle of myself upon the stage but more recently, I have been a visual artist sharing my pictures of queers upon the internet, which is probably where you're listening to this at the very moment that you are. And I like to think of myself as a queer without portfolio. Well, okay, so God only knows when this will go out. We are recording it at the time when there has been yet another Twitter statement by yet another large billionaire we never make a joke about it. Who we never make a joke about because that would mean her millions of followers would find us and tell us that we shouldn't be so disrespectful or something like that. Okay. So we started this podcast by putting in a joke, thinking it'll be an old joke by the time these go out and people will be like, that joke is so 2020. Because 2020 is a fucking trash. It doesn't take that long to edit and put these episodes But seriously... 2020 has turned into such a fucking trash fire that that in the six weeks or so that we've been recording currently, it hasn't stopped. This person is putting out the same shit over and over and over and over. And it's just reached the point of like every weekend, I'm like, I wake up on a Sunday morning and go, could I possibly have a Sunday without this? That would be lovely. That would be lovely to not wake up to a trash fire on my Twitter feed. Apparently not. You know, I'm going to be blunt. I stand H. Bomber Guy. I stand Lindsay Ellis. I stand, God, I can never pronounce her surname. You know, the, the redhead who does the thing. <laughs> She's into vintage shit. She's a lesbian in Brighton who's into and Jessica. Vintage. Yes, that's it. Jessica. It begins with an F and it begins with a C. Okay. And you've seen how good I am at remembering names. Her. Her. The delightful Jessica. The delightful Jessica. Because again, it's somebody who stands up, who, who uses their social media power and stands for trans people or stands with trans people, not for us, with us. I mean, I joke a little bit about what the topic of today's episode is, in part because I actually genuinely don't know. It could be about death of the author, which was what we were going to talk about. It could be about identity, which we were also going to talk about. And then we got on to H. Bomber Guy and, and these moments that were particularly special to Jay and I. And that, I think that's actually what we ended up wanting to talk about. But because we're trying to create some sort of format for these episodes that they make some sort of sense. We are. Well, 
I am. The as, the, is. as the as the troublemaker and hashtag queer nuisance, I'm probably just supplying random ideas that far <laughs> off whatever Joe's been through at me. <laughs> that was a little journey you went on, wasn't it? That was a little journey. I'm going on quite a few journeys simply because I am so frustrated. And what are you so... frustrated about? Tell me, tell me about your frustration. Because the funny thing is, I think we're dancing around a topic here, and I want to get at it. What, what's frustrating? I am literally frustrated at the yet again trans people are yet again the butt of yet again a cis person yet again having a fucking opinion on yet again whether or not I can fucking exist or not and it has played havoc on my mental health and that is why I am frustrated because I spent Sunday trying not to read online and I almost don't want to give the people who are coming after trans people the acknowledgement of the power that they have but to see stuff like I see online constantly, sometimes it gets into your head. And I woke up and it played against something else that's going on in my life. And I woke up on Monday morning screaming for the first time in years. I used to do that nightly when I was having really bad anxiety. And it's a sign of anxiety. It's a sign of stuff building up. And I checked back over my sleep tracker. And for the last at least for the last week or so, I've not been sleeping properly. This anxiety has been taking a toll on me. And on Sunday night, it took a real toll. And I spent most of Monday barely functional, either wanting to burst into tears because of what my anxiety brain had dreamed or dealing with the fact that my body was flooded with cortisol and anxiety. And that is horrible. And that makes you so angry when you finally come out of it because it's not my anxiety. I mean, my anxiety exists, but my anxiety has been triggered by reading and seeing yet again, my friends, my beloved Josephine, myself, my partner, my, some of my good friends, some, some people I totally admire, some people who I kind of know, and all of us are being shat on by a group of people who have no fucking clue about our lives, have no fucking clue about anything, but have determined that somehow they have some right to speak about my life in a way that is just hurting. And that makes me angry. And in that anger, I'm, I can't express it anywhere. I can hardly go into work angry like this. Because if somebody says, why are you angry? I'm like, well, there's transphobia on the internet. Don't you know? And everyone's like, yes, there has been for a long time. And there will, be, there will continue to be for a long time. Why are you angry right now? And it's like, I'm angry right now because I have just reached breaking point. And it will go in a day or so. But I have just reached the point where I am absolutely fucking sick of dealing with people who are just turning around and have no right, no say, no real reason why they should be in my face who are in my face and in my friends faces and just absolutely fucking us up and I know this is something about you and I and our way of being and our way of being in the world and you're always saying I'm wonderful and kind but sometimes even the kind person gets righteously angry because they see the hurt that people are having on their friends and their family, and people uh, who they love. That is a definition of kindness. 
I what, think being I'm, angry? Yes. No, I genuinely mean it. I mean, if you are kind and you care about the people in your life, you care about me, you care about your friends, you're talking about other people, you're not even referencing yourself here, <laughs> although I'm sure you're as upset as everyone else is, but you're talking about your friends a lot. And I can see that this is about you seeing your friends being attacked and feeling um, incapable of doing anything about it. Your kindness leads you to be angry. You're angry because you're kind. You That's wouldn't be angry if you weren't kind. And I think this is why standing people like H. Bomagai and Lindsay Ellis for stepping up when they don't have to is so important because you're seeing your friends being hurt and you can't do anything. You are powerless. You are literally, I feel literally powerless against just the wave of what's coming through. And seeing people who don't have to step up, literally going, yeah, I'm going to step up and, and take on some of this burden. And I'm going to step up and say, hey, you're not in this alone. You aren't just an alone group of people under attack. There are more people who are for you than are against you, essentially, is, is kind of what I feel, especially H. Bomber guy with what he did. But there are times when you just can't, think of that because you just feel so under attack and all you can see is the people attacking yourself and your friends or attacking my friends nobody seems to come for me which is great but it's true it is it's true. true and I'm laughing because I want to cry I am mm. I'm close to tears I I I understand entirely what you're saying this is not incomprehensible at all the deluge especially recently has been spectacular and from directions that I think very few of us were expecting a year or two ago and I know that this is very difficult this is something that I think in our communities we're often discouraged from talking about I mean even Jay just now you were you were concerned about admitting the impact that someone else can have because you don't want to you don't want them to know that they can hurt you so much but the problem with not admitting to that is that it can seem like we can just shrug this off over and over again. You're right. You go into work and you're really upset because someone said something horrible on the internet. And that may sound ludicrous, except for it wasn't the first thing that was said on the internet. It was simply the most recent. And it was the most recent in a wave, a tidal wave of bullshit that terrifies you, me, and everyone in this community is affected. There are laws being changed on the back of this rhetoric. A couple of years ago in England, the Gender Recognition Act, which is the law that governs how trans people can register and gain rights officially, was being discussed. Now, even at that time, the Conservative government felt compelled to go out with a massive public consultation, which was a complete disaster, of course, because why would you ask the public over the rights of people and not just talk to people who are affected, but whatever, it was months of horror online, months of fighting to get people to answer it and knowing that there are a lot of horrible people purposefully going on there to say horrible things about us. And yet the results came through and roughly 70% of respondents were pro-trans. And yet just this month, the very same government that's still in power said, yeah, we're not going to make any of those changes. You know, this needs a bit more time. And why do, they, why do they say that now? Because a couple of years ago, they, did, they didn't feel like they could say that. 
They had to do the opposite. They don't think the conservative government wants to change any laws that help us. No, they felt compelled to. And now they don't. And why is that? Because the public discourse has changed. And they know it. Newspapers, famous fuckers, people on Twitter, they hear it. They know it. And we pretending that it has no effect may make us feel like we are being stalwart and fighting back. And I know that we're supposed to feel that way and pretend it doesn't make any difference, but it does. It hurts. The words hurt. The words that certain authors who should know better and pick so poorly hurt. And, and that we can laugh about it. We can make jokes about it. We can be rude about it. We can be rude about her. But the truth of it is, it hurts and it's incomprehensible. You're quite right. And I think part of the not wanting to let somebody see the impact is because when I was bullied at school, the last thing you wanted was to let somebody know that what they said or what they did was having an impact on you because you knew that it would come back stronger. So there is an absolute fear running through my body at the moment that in saying this stuff has angered me, this stuff has upset me, this stuff has scared me, will mean that it will just come back stronger tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow and it will just continue. Because, I've come across that before. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. And I know that you do because what we have in common in a lot of ways is a lot of the shit that we went through as kids for being different and for being bullied and you know that automatic reaction or that was always my automatic reaction to being bullied was to shut down, try not to let people see how much they impacted me. And it is the relentlessness. It's not, and you're right, it's not the somebody said something mean about trans people on the internet because that happens all the time. And it, because it happens all the time, it's the death of a thousand paper cuts. It's just one more thing that I'm having to deal with on top of everything else that you just reach that point of like, why am I dealing with this today? Why am I having to not chat to a friend who's having an issue with their hormones, getting access to hormones and being able to help them because they're on Twitter, but I can't go onto Twitter because the moment I go onto Twitter at the moment, all I see is just shit in my feed and I can't even focus on helping my friends out. And because people can say, oh, well, just don't read Twitter for a couple of days or leave Twitter or leave Facebook or do that. And it's like, in doing so, I am losing connections to friends who I care about. I care about my wild family dearly. They both, they all spell the wild slightly differently. And I love the fact that they do that. But I care about that wild fam so much and they care for each other so much. And yet, I have to go on this trash fire place to check in and to catch up with them. And people would say, well, why don't you do it on some other media? And it's like, but that's the media that we have conversed on. That's, that's our space. And imagine being constantly forced out of spaces where you have family, where you have connections. Imagine constantly being told that you don't matter whenever you try to go into those spaces. That's, that's, kind of, that's kind of what it's like. And I can see Josephine as as, as as upset as I am. Yeah, yeah. But it's good to hear. And I think you've covered a couple of things there. 
the first is this notion of being bullied, because I think there's a lot of parallels there. You're being forced out of a space. You know, the same rhetoric of like, don't pay attention to them. Well, yeah, but they're in the space that I need to be in, whether that be at school or a work environment or social media environment. I can't avoid the entire environment and there's an awful lot of them and they have the belief that and the social backing to carry on doing what they're doing in that space they're not being curtailed especially on places like twitter it's like saying yeah i can take a break from twitter except for i'm a performer and i have no work right now and i need to go onto twitter and see if there are any jobs that i can apply to or i'm a social scientist who's studying the internet I need to be on these places and fuck it, my friends are there. And I get energy from speaking to the random, fabulous trans people I've met on Twitter and don't know anywhere else. I've never met them in person. I have no idea what their voice sounds like. I don't know what they look like and what their personal habits are, how they smell. I've met them in one place and one place only. And if I left that place, I would not meet them again. And so you're in that horrible bullied state. The mental state is the same. I can recognize some of the things you said. The other thing you said was, if I stop talking about it, I'll never stop talking about it. That it'll always be there. For me, it was this anger or upset or depression or sadness. I didn't even want to touch it as a notion because if I started, when would I stop? That was my belief in my head. The truth is, emotions don't work that way. And I learned this from a few wonderful people who helped me. One of them happens to be my child, who <laughs> has emotions that come immediately and rage, happiness, joy, excitement, sadness, anger, confusion, and then dissipate like a wave on a beach. Because that's how emotions unfettered work. They come up really strong and then recede if they're not impeded. The problem with trauma, and especially constant and consistent trauma, like, say, oh, I don't know, online bullying by billionaires, is that you don't have time to let the emotion come naturally and then recede. You have to go to work. You have to get on with your life. You have to do the things you need to do. So you shove it away. You hide it away. You, you box it up. That's actually what's damaging that activity of boxing up those emotions and hiding them away, that is what causes that, you know, impotent emotion, that anger, that rage, that sadness that you believe will never stop because you feel like you've bottled it up so, so compactly that if you open it up, it'll just keep going. Pandora's box never ends. The truth is it will. But you have to find the spaces to let it. And it's not easy. And we have one, and I'm very grateful for it. Mm. Whether we share this with our listener or not, we can decide that later. It doesn't matter. But I believe that if we did, I think we'd find a tremendous amount of recognition. I think so right too. Now. And that's part of me going, I'm, which is why I haven't killed the record. Because it's hard to be this vulnerable. And it's hard to build up a space where you feel comfortable being this vulnerable to talk about just the sh your rage at the shitstorm, your rage 
at something that you can't it sounds so stupid to be angry about when you're facing a fucking pandemic and yet you're angry about it when you're facing a fucking pandemic because people have chosen to talk about this over how to continue and how to make this fucking pandemic stop and work and things like this. The fact that they have, the fact that the government has chosen this time to, to continue the discussion on the GRA and to, and to discuss rolling back rights. You yes. Know, they've forgone systemic racism, poverty, yeah. the pandemic, economic crisis, and decided to talk about this. This is the topic they thought was important yes. to address at this time. Yes. Which and tells it, you everything. Yes, absolutely. And it talks about, and in this discussion of trans rights, and this is my own beef with it, I'm not fucking included anymore because it has gone back to being solely about, and I hate to say it's solely about trans women and that's it. They're the only people who are being discussed. Trans men might get a tiny bit of a look in as non-binary people. The fact that we have no, we, I can't get my, my gender put on any documents. I've just got to invent one. Well, not invent one. I've just got to have whatever they decided I was when I was born uh, on there because this country that I have chosen to live in cannot cope with any idea of anything that might be an X. It cannot cope logistically within its structure with any notion of gender that's not an M or an F. Um, so everyone's like, yes, you can change your gender on your passport. And I'm like, fantastic. I want this. And they're like, but you, you can't have that. And I'm like, well, fuck you then. And that's what I really want to say. It's like, you're not including me in any of this conversation. So when the GRA thing came out and I filled out the form and I was part of the 70% and I helped all of my friends fill it out and I gave talks at work about what it means to have an illegal gender. And I talked about, uh, what is it? I'd rather be me than be legal was the talk, was the talk that I gave. Um, if anyone wants to book me for that talk, more than, more than happy to come and explain to you why I would rather be me than be legal and have a legal gender. People got behind it. People were like, yes, this gender thing, we can get you non-binary gender. And here we are. What is it? Two, two and a half, two and a half years later. And the discussion isn't about me. The discussion isn't about anything. The discussion is about making it worse for the people who already have rights. And this is just heartbreaking. Because A, I don't want to impede on Josephine having rights. I mean, that's, that would be mean. But I would like to have some. I would not like pie. Just because <laughs> I have a bit of pie doesn't mean you don't have some. I know. I, I understand that concept. But it, it, it does feel like that. Of no, of course it does. The way the, the way the argument's been framed by the government, yes. the way it's been, the narrative's been put into everywhere, it's now suddenly about the right of of trans women to access women's spaces. And I'm like, well, why did they, they have been for the last 50, God only knows how long. Of course they could access. Quite a while. Quite a while. 50 somethings. For a very long time, trans women have been in women's spaces and trans men have been in men's spaces. And it makes not a blind bit of difference to anyone who doesn't notice because nothing 
nobody notices nobody notices and yet the non-binary people are again thrown under the bus but there's a reason for that because we don't count yes but also because it's not it, the worst part about it is this you're right there was a moment two and a half years ago where we felt like the dialogue might have been changing a little bit and yet now not only has it regressed to a point that it was at before it's regressed to an argument that didn't have anything to do with trans people at all it is regressed to a point where we see the same arguments that were being used against gay people in the 80s and all number of other people before that the same recycled rhetoric is being used again and they use one group they target one group in order to get everyone mm. it's not about the worst thing is you're right it is about us but i don't even take it personally it has nothing to do with me it's got nothing to do with us it's to do with we don't want to change this is this is why everybody's so worried about the black lives matter movement that we hope might make some difference and yet we all know there is unfortunately precedent for and likelihood that can happen that this will make no difference in two months time or two and a half years time when you look back and go why did nothing happen because you'll find one group who's being attacked and it'll be the same argument and no matter who it is you can transplant the same argument women in trans women in in women's spaces lesbians in women's spaces gay men in men's spaces the trans women are dangerous the second i remember that argument that was applied to someone else not that long ago mm-hmm. so it's nothing to do with me or trans women yes the focus is exclusively on trans women and yes we have some rights some trans men have some rights because we define in a binary that the rest of culture seemed to somehow cope with sort of and begrudgingly gave some rights to when the European Court of Human Rights insisted that the UK do it. P.S. Bit of history there. The UK didn't have any rights for trans people until the EU forced them to. And I have no doubt that was just another little pebble in the Brexit shoe, so to speak. Now, I agree. Non-binary people are not included because they don't fit into that narrative. They can't use the same arguments against you. You're not useful rhetorically trans women they're useful right now right now they are like gay men were it's because they don't want to give you any rights at all it's because you don't count they don't want you to count they don't want to reference you you're too complicated for a start (laughs) right because you don't fit neatly into that narrative of like men going into women's spaces well what about non-binary people in women's spaces oh well uh, i guess that what sorry who who when where trans women women's spaces I, I, I seem to remember that being a problem. Yeah, but non-binary, what, who? Trans women. It's, it's, it's worse. <laughs> Somebody, I, 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 wanted, I can't remember if this is my thing or someone else's. I say very often to people in these circumstances, the good news is it's not about you. It's not personal. The bad news is it's not about you and it's not personal. Yeah. Because that's it. I want our politics to always include everybody who comes under that particular issue. Non-binary people, trans people, genderqueer people, gay people who are femme and butch. Gender non-conforming people. Gender non-conforming people of all kinds. There's more of us than there are of them. But they highlight one group because it's easy and you can create a rhetoric around it. There are classes on this. There are conferences on this. Mm. There are articles on this. 
that I've read in academic nerd moment here can link to if you'd like. But it's fucked up and it's really upsetting. And I'm deeply sorry, Jay. And I'm especially sorry if there's anything that I or anyone in, uh, I don't want to speak for trans women here right now, but <laughs> trans people at all, me or anyone I know would ever exclude you by accident or on purpose. I'm deeply sorry. But the truth is the reason why you're being excluded and why it's so deeply upsetting is because you don't count in that order and they don't want you to. And it makes me want to cry. And yeah. It's really upsetting and it hurts. And the truth is, as much as we'd like to deny it and make fun of it and to write it out, these things are painful and they do affect us. I'm going to write a, I am writing an article, probably going to turn into a PhD or an article or something right now about this notion. Um, the idea about trans academics, people studying stuff that their community is affected by, trans people writing about trans issues. We're supposed to be able to do that with some modicum of objectivity, of rigor, of intellectual, I don't know, process. But we're not supposed to suffer from it. Because if we do, then we can't do our job. And we're activists, Jay and I. We want to make a change. We want to do something. And if we're affected by these things, we feel less capable. And somehow in this fucked up world, we somehow feel responsible. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like I'm not doing enough. I know. And that's the hard part is it's you're constantly telling yourself you're not doing enough. You should be doing more somehow. You should be out there because if I did more, people would, I would matter enough for people to give me rights. And a lot of the reason I don't have rights is that I made a decision. Well, no, I didn't make a decision. My gender identity, my gender, my, my sense of self requires no hormones or surgery to make that happen. Therefore, I don't have to go through a specific pathway. Therefore, I have no rights as a trans person because I'm not going through a specific medicalized kind of journey, which I know a lot of non-binary people go through some of to ensure that they have some protection and some rights. And it's only through the grace of whatever is running the universe that I ended up at ThoughtWorks, where I actually have a work environment that, that cares but you always feel bad walking into work going, I'm having a rotten day. And everyone's like, why this time? And you're like, transphobia on the internet again. And they're like, again. And you're like, yeah, again, until it stops. I will not stop having bad days because I, I literally can't not have a bad day while it's still there. And the stuff that goes on that's been going on I'm about to turn 51. I still have yet to get a 50th birthday present from my mother. I still have yet to get a 50th birthday card from my mother. Not even the present, just a card, just a happy 50th. I didn't receive any of that because I changed my name. And that hurts so deeply 
And when you're coping with that and you have to cope with the shitstorm of transphobia coming through and on top of that, you're not even counted in the argument because you don't matter. You matter that little in the society. You just reach that point of like, no wonder you end up so angry and so anxious and so full of everything because, and most people say, oh, well, you, you know, people go through bad things with their parents and people go through bad things on the internet and all of that. And I'm like, yes, but that is literally my life. And yet I still managed to get up, get my shit together somehow and get myself to work and do a good job and get lots of praise for doing a good job and then collapse on the couch for four hours. And people are like, well, what did you do this evening? Or what are you doing this weekend? And I'm like, I can't even think about the weekend. I'm trying to figure out how to get through Wednesday. And it's not like I'm in any danger of self-harming, please, if you're listening to this, trust me, I am not in the suicidal ideation space. I would be very clear to Josephine if I was, we are the sort of people who share that shit with each other. We have sat there with each other when we have been in that space. I just wanted to be very clear about that because people will hear the emotion of my voice and the pain in my voice and assume that I'm in that space. I am very clearly not, and I'm very definitely not. But some days you just wake up and go, why the fuck? Why the fuck do I get out of, out of bed today? And it's got... And we're dealing with this. That deep pain, that, that, shit, that shit storm pain, plus the fucking pandemic, plus the working from home, plus the not being able to see my partner because my partner happens to live with a nurse who's working on a COVID ward. So I can't, I literally cannot see my partner. I literally cannot have a hug. And you just reach that point of like how, how, yes, of course I will survive. Yes, of course I will get through this. But I just don't know sometimes how I get up and go to work. And I just don't know. And it's not that I, it's not that I want to lay down and die. I don't. I, I am very much in the fight. I'm very angry and very much in the frame and the frame on this. But sometimes it's like I, there is, I'm spending so much energy existing just enough to exist that doing anything is so difficult. And I am and part of my pissed offness is I'm, I'm pissed off at rich cis people who have internet audiences who have, for some reason, taken it in their fucked up fucking brains to attack a group of people who have enough trouble getting out of bed every day. for some reason and I can't even comprehend why and my my normative as far as well normative for a given value of normative brain to quote a joke from my from from my New Zealand friends if they if they listen to this they will recognize normal for a given value of normal brain there's a t-shirt in there there is 
I cannot comprehend why Josephine and I should be the sort of people who are under attack. And I, and I know the cultural things and I know, I know it. And also I, I also have to say to any queer trans intersex people of color, anyone who's black and trans or black and non-binary or black and gender non-conforming, my God, my sibling, you are taking so much more shit than I am. I, I feel it enough in myself, but I, I know you're going through more than I am. I just want it to stop. I know you just want it to stop. It's very simple. Yeah. Because you're being hurt and your friends are being hurt and the people you care about are being hurt. Strangers are being hurt. Strangers who I care about. Strangers who I, who, what was, what was that social, social morphe word that you used? Parasocial. That's the word. Strangers who I'm parasocial about are being hurt as well. Well said. Thank you. So it's as simple as that. We want it to stop. Yeah. That's it. And no fucking joke this week. Nope. Because you're too upset and I'm too upset. Yeah. And we'll, we'll stop this. But I will do something. I will quickly explain a stan. Because Josephine is somebody who I stand so hard. Oh, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> but it's true. I have stand you since <laughs> the moment I saw you on stage 15 years ago. I saw you on stage. I saw you being how to be a femsex fix, vixen. And I was a total Stan before a Stan. Stan did not even exist at that time. Stan, Stan, I think Stan was yet to come out. So for those who don't know, Stan is a song by Eminem, which is about an Uber fan uh, uh, who tries to emulate Eminem. And the video is brilliant. And, it's, and Dido does some vocals on it. But the whole idea of Stan is to be a super obsessive fan beyond normal like them and Josephine, I have stand you from the moment I saw you. And I'm so, so overjoyed that, that I have you as my sibling in my life as part of my fam. It means a lot. Me too, sweetie. I think okay. we should just end, end it there. Yeah. There'll be a plinky plonky ukulele playing us out while we both cry at each other. Yeah. <laughs> Jay did a wonderful video for our Patreon and did the subtitles and for the for the theme song it says Plinky Plonky Ukulele. So here you go, some Plinky Plonky Ukulele. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.